0: Freaking sunburn my head Saturday morning.
1: Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion.
0: Welcome to episode thirty of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick, and I'm your other host, Rick, and we are happy to be in your ear canals at whatever time you're listening to this. It's nice time. Ta- it's nighttime for us. It's nighttime. That is right. So we are. We've made it to episode thirty. Who, who would have who, thought? Who would have thought that two idiots could make it thirty episodes? Yeah. I, I have, but there we go. I had that thought as well. So
2: um
0: so for the thirtieth episode of the Beers and Bobble Podcast, we're gonna do something a little bit different. Um We're not going to drink beer. That's a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Did I tell you that I finally saw Elf? Dude, such a great movie. I mean like Christmas time, not recently. <laughs> I didn't watch it like last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of summertime. We just randomly watch Elf, you know? No, finally watched it at Christmas time. It was it was pretty good. Dude, it's a great movie, yeah. We watch it every Christmas. We might start watching it every Christmas. Anyway, you're all back <laughs> to what we're talking about. Um, So tonight, instead of doing our beer review, followed by the sections from Concise Theology, um, we're going to split it up a little bit. We're going to... Do a section from Concise Theology, do our beer review, and then finish up the uh, other section on Concise Theology, just to change so, it up and see if we like it, and if we don't, we won't ever do it again. We don't even have to discuss this. <laughs> if you normally just listen to the beer review and then turn the podcast off, we're sorry. And also, <laughs> if you just listen to the, uh, if you don't listen to the beer review and jump straight to the uh, Theology Discussion. We're gonna break that up for you, so <laughs> no one's comfortable. <laughs> not a soul. <laughs> so um, we do have a. I think we have a good beer on tap. A little teaser there. Yeah, we do. So, it's so to to stick stick around. around. It's a brewery that we've done before, mm-hmm. but we won't tell you which one. And we're not gonna tell you which one. And we found another beer from them. And yeah. and I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little excited about it. Yeah. So because it looks really good. But before we get there. Let's jump into Concise theology. We have moved, this is our second week in part three? This is, yeah. Is that right? Yep. So we're moving on into a lot of the, so we talked about the person work of Jesus, that was a lot of part two, and then part three, we really moved into a discussion about salvation. And so tonight, the very first topic we're going to take up is the wonderful topic of election. Every Calvinist's favorite thing in the world. Yes. (laughs) It's... (laughs) Until recently, it wasn't a concept that I really had thought about much. And... um, I don't know if that's because of my Southern Baptist upbringing. I don't know if it's because I just didn't care um, how that all worked. Um, But... Here we are. Now I've thought about it substantially more. So... Um. To to me, election kind of ties into almost a, it's a similar discussion that we had when we talked about predestination. We yes. talked about God's omnipotence and omniscience. Now he is he is all knowing of all things at all times, um, and then the predestination discussion, where God is chosen before the foundation of the world. Who will and who won't accept Jesus? Yes, it's it's not so much about who will and who won't accept Jesus as it is about and and this is gonna tie together the, the second part of the discussion that we're gonna do after the beer review because um, you have you have this parallel thing of of election and then effectual calling mm-hmm. and so um, with election. It is it is God's choosing of that individual, mm-hmm. um, and and if you if you follow the acrostic, the typical acrostic that uh, that is used to describe Calvinism, um, it's unconditional election. So it's election that is not preconditioned or conditioned at all on any type of of meritorious act or any, really any decision that the person makes, it is solely 100% the decision of God to mm-hmm. change that person. And so, yeah. you know, I think on, I, I've said it a few times on here that, that we should rejoice that even one person mm-hmm. is saved because if we if we really all received or if we received justice from God, then we would all die in our sin. Yeah. Because that would be we sin against God, therefore we deserve to die. Mm-hmm. But because of the person and work of Jesus Christ and His incarnation, we have uh, there there is a way for people to be reconciled back to God. And the fact that anybody is reconciled back to God is a, is a testament to His grace and His mercy, and should lead us to His glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's kind of a that's kind of a like a. Brief little bubble overview of election, mm-hmm. but give us the. I really liked the definition. Give us the definition that Packer gives of election. Yeah, so um, Packer just you know elect to elect something is to mean to select it or to choose it out of a, of a group. Um, mm-hmm. This is an election year. That's all that is all over <laughs> all of your TVs, and thankfully, not to be politically leaned either way but mike bloomberg is out and we don't have to see any more tv ads or (laughs) youtube ads or hulu ads or ads anywhere really legit question did you get a text message from mike bloomberg i don't remember if i did i don't think i did because i did oh that is and i don't know how i managed to get on a uh text list so i got text messages from elizabeth warren and mike bloomberg Hmm. And, and, uh, I always have snarky responses to Yeah, but basically, basically I said, Mike Bloomberg's a terrible Democrat because he's a multi-billionaire. So that's true. (laughs) It's kind of like Bernie Sanders is a terrible socialist. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, so, you know, elect is means to just choose to select. Um, but when we look at this in the, through the eyes of doctrine, um, this means, You know, election means that before creation, God selected out of the human race that he knew was going to fall, and he still created Adam and Eve anyway, fully aware of what was going to happen. But before, so, God chose out of the human race for seen as fallen, those whom he would redeem, bring to faith, justify, and glorify in and through Jesus. Um, yes. and, and I think that last The last bit's really important We've talked about it a little bit In the last few weeks But the only way to The only way to be saved Is through Jesus There's no yes. nothing we can do No works, no sacrifices No magic words we can say yeah. That can um, Merit us salvation Apart from the work of, of Jesus oh. Yes, yes And so, so this is a very, very controversial doctrine. Um, I mean, it, it, it has this doctrine has split denominations. This doctrine has split churches. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's just one of those. It's one of those doctrines. Um, now, I, I personally hold to the belief in in unconditional election, um, and and I want to read some scripture. To, to kind of paint a picture of why I hold to this position. Um, there are some people who do not hold to this position, and and uh, I try to take them to these scriptures and say, well, help me understand how you understand these, these verses, because I don't see any other way to understand it. Now, the most common one uh, brought up is Romans chapter 9. Um, you follow Romans chapter eight and and it goes into Romans chapter nine and Paul is arguing with this kind of interlocutor that he has going through the whole book of Romans. But that's not, that's actually not the most convincing, uh, scripture that I've seen for the doctrine of election. The most convincing one that I've seen for the doctrine of election is actually Ephesians chapter one. Um, and I'm just going to read from Ephesians chapter one, starting in verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, that's Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So, right there you have it that, that God is the one who has chosen his people, his children, in Christ, and he has made them holy and blameless in Christ. So, we go on in love. He predestined us for adoption. Now we're going to, I'm going to pause on adoption. We're going to come back to that in a second. Uh, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. That's Jesus again. Uh, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he sent forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. This right here is where it gets good. In him, we have obtained an inheritance. So we're talking about The people who are believers who are in Christ, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So this this passage to me is a doctrinal summation of the doctrine of election. Um Paul Paul hits on to me almost every aspect of election. It's it's for the glory of God. How many times does Paul say the, everything is to the praise of his glory. It's to the praise of his glory. And the reason we're elected is because we are in Christ. And the re- reason we are in Christ is because God chose us from the foundation of the world. I don't see any other way that you can interpret this passage without saying that you affirm the doctrine of election. That's just me, though. Yeah. And I mean, I'm going to have to look at it and, and re- I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, no. But I mean, I could see where the idea of the doctrine of election would be like a major barrier. Yeah, and, and and I mean, to be fair, they there are people who take the doctrine of election too far. Um, you know, I think it's I think anything that you that you really push too far. Um, it, it gets out of the bounds of scripture because mm-hmm. scripture clearly talks about people needing to repent and believe. So there is a human responsibility aspect to salvation. Yeah, but but the way that we understand it, or the way I understand it, is that human responsibility is a response to the mercy and the grace of God. So mm-hmm. there is no salvation apart from the mercy and the grace of God. Exactly. Um, and so and and that's where all of that comes in that that God, who stands eternally outside of time, uh enacts his mercy the way he he brings things to the to the counsel of his will to the fullness of his will mm-hmm. according to what he wants to do and and that that touches on what we've talked about in his sovereignty so this this doctrine really kind of pulls from a lot of different directions to to give us a picture of the way. That God saves us, and and I believe that He saves us through His unconditional election. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah, yeah. And, and and to get into just to get into another, oh my book's almost up here. To to get into another um, scripture, I'm, I'm not going to dive into it like I did this mm. this last one, but Romans nine is the other yeah. other big one. Um, I think it's Romans nine sixteen. Um, where it says God will have mercy on whom He have mercy, and He will. um, Oh, what is it? I've forgotten exactly how it reads now. Um, oh, I had it pulled up here a second ago. Dang it! Oh, let me just do this right here. Skip here. Go over there. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work this new newfangled iPad thing here. Um, so Romans nine sixteen says, so then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not, there's not something that you can do that will cause God to have mercy on you. The reason God has mercy on you is for his glory. Yeah. So, well, and it, that's, and that's the doctrine of election. Yeah. And it points back to God's goodness, his graciousness, the fact that he is love um he doesn't have to elect anybody and he and would have every right not to. Yes. But because That's, of the work of Jesus and because of the um of how he loves us. <clears throat> Thank you, John Mark McMillan. Yeah. yeah. But, but because of all that, he he does elect. Yes. Or he did is that. He did elect from the foundations yes. of the world. Mm-hmm. So and And now i I think this is this is an apt conversation to have because this is where people who do hold to election like myself can go off go off basis
2: mm-hmm.
0: um what are some problems that can come from the doctrine of election? You could believe in a, in a type of fatalism that says, well, you know whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen, and so I don't need to go out and share my faith. I don't need to go out and do these these things I don't need to um talk to people about Christ, you know, because God's just gonna elect whoever God's gonna elect, and that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And and you have to remember though that, that God uses a means to draw in the people what what John chapter ten talks about are his sheep. You know, he's mm-hmm. the good shepherd and and the sheep know his voice. Yeah. Um and and so there is a means and and even as Christians we are called to live lives that are, are portrayed in a way that we reflect the glory of God to the people who are around us. So yes, we should be. And, and I thought Packer did a great job throughout this little section bringing up some of these, these obstacles. The very first one that he hit on, um, in the, in the first little paragraph there, he says, God owes sinners no mercy of any kind, only condemnation. So it is a wonder, and this is what we just talked about, uh, it is a wonder and a matter of endless praise that he should save any of us. Then you skip down to the next paragraph, and it says, Christians, um, he brought us to help Christians see how great is the grace that saves them and should move them to humility, confidence, joy, praise, faithfulness, holiness, in response. Mm. And so the election of God is not something that should swell up any type of pride because right. it's not like, it's not like you went out and did something to get this to be elected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's really and truly the, the work and the grace and the mercy of God. And so that should cause us to be humbled and say, I, I am unworthy of this gift that I have been given. Exactly. You know? Um, and then, and then, uh, Later on, he says, "He says because uh, he, if you if you counter election, the opposite of election is what what's called reprobation, mm-hmm. um, and this this is really the part of election that a lot of people don't like, um, because if you say that God has actively elected some to be to be uh, receivers of grace and mercy and salvation." Mm-hmm then then the logic says that, well, if he actively chose, then he actively did not choose. Um, and, and I really, I guess I would, so the, what they're talking about here is, is what's called double predestination. So if you elect some to eternal life, then you have elected some to eternal damnation, mm-hmm. is the argument. And, and I can understand why they would say that's a terrible thing. Um, because you don't want to think about a loving and merciful God actively sending people to hell. Right. But the reality is, and, and this is what, um, this is what Packer brings out, um, is that reprobation is, is not necessarily the, the active, the act of God sending people to hell because people are born in a sinful state. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really just an inaction that sends them to hell. It's that God did not extend mercy to this person and and the reason that he did not extend mercy to that person for whatever, you know, it's not our job to understand it, right? Is for his glory. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's think, hard to think about. Yeah, that. it's you don't want to think about people who you know that have not accepted Christ or who did not accept Christ before they passed being part of the non-elected. Yeah, then reprobate. 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 <laughs> reprobate is, reprobate's the word, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to think about that because you don't want to think about your family or your close friends mm-hmm. or coworkers or whatever. They or even so- somebody that you have shared the gospel with multiple times mm-hmm. and they just, they, for whatever reason, they never, have resist it. Yeah. That's, a uh, that's a really, really difficult thing to to think about, but, um, we, you know, Packer touched on this a little bit earlier in the in the chat in the section where this idea of election is a uh, is a family secret of the children of God, and that we don't know who else He has chosen. Mm-hmm. But that also means we don't know. We have no idea who the reprobate are either. Yes, and it's really not up to us to figure it out. We, it yeah. should not be the job of the saints to figure out who is damned and in, in not going to go to heaven when they die. Yeah, Every single person we meet, we should count as a member of the elect. Yeah, yeah we should we should treat every person as if they are elect mm-hmm. and share with them and, and and we are the means by which you know they, they come into the kingdom they come into uh, we're, we're privileged enough that God would use us mm-hmm. uh, you know again it's even that is not not something of ourselves. it's not anything that we bring to the table right but it's just the fact that, that God is merciful and allows his children to be used to bring in more children. you know um and so so yeah i i've i always loved uh and i've never i've never read this anywhere in a book but i've i've always heard uh college professors or uh pastors give anecdotal stories about spurgeon spurgeon was uh was coined as saying you know he wishes that the elect had yellow stripes on their back because if they did, he would walk around pulling up people's shirts to find out who the elect are. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, but but the, the and and that was Spurgeon's point was you don't know who they are and who yeah. they aren't. So your job is to share with everyone, mm-hmm. and that's what Spurgeon was so good at. He was yeah. so good at declaring the gospel to all the people that he came in contact with, mm-hmm. uh, which is why he became known as the Prince of Preachers. Yeah, so. But uh, but yeah, election is is a difficult topic. It really is, and and I know we're only spending twenty or twenty five minutes here talking about it, but but you know, read read uh chapters like um John chapter six. Um, really read the entire Gospel of John. I, I don't want to encourage somebody just to read a section of it, but read the entire Gospel of John, and and look at the way. That the arguments are formed in in the Gospel of John because, in, specifically in John chapter six, John chapter ten, and John chapter seventeen, you have this this picture of Jesus saying that that uh, in in John chapter six you have him saying, "I won't lose any of those that the Father has given to me." He never says that they've all been given to him, but he says those that who those who have been given, I will not lose them. So it's a it's an incredible encouragement of perseverance for those people who are elect um it's an incredible encouragement for those people who are in christ um and then john chapter 10 again he focuses on being the good shepherd um and then in john i think it's john 17 um where was it john 17 uh he it's i can't remember exactly um but he's he's making a very similar point to um to to John chapter ten, where he's saying you you'll know me by my voice, you'll hear me you'll respond to me because you know who I am because i am I'm one with the Father mm-hmm. um and so so that really the Gospel of John Ephesians chapter one and two um is a great place to go to the book of first Peter is a great place to go to, especially chapter two talks about um you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Um and then and then you follow that up with one of the most uh out outgoing verses of, of scripture when in First Peter three fifteen where he says, So be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. What is the hope that is within you? Is that that you're chosen, you're a chosen uh, uh priesthood, a royal nation is is what Peter calls them. Then he says, Now be ready to answer people, be ready to tell people about this this uh choosing that you have so that you can deter you know so that you can share this with everyone yeah so um there's there's a lot of stuff on on election there's a lot of books written on election and and i would encourage you know readers listeners go go! find some books. Understand what you believe. I'm not saying that you have to believe in the doctrine of election. I know what I believe, and I know why I believe it. Mm-hmm. But I also know people who dif- differ from what I believe, and they know why they believe it. And, and you know, I believe that they have some, some misunderstandings um, standings about things, and they believe I have some misunderstandings, and that's fine. Uh, you know, election is not a, a core tenet of, of salvation
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as far as, you know, are we elect or not? And, and, and when we get to the other side of glory, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the other kind of anecdotes I've always heard people say is, um, you know, whosoever when you when you walk up to the gates of heaven on one side it says whosoever will, and it's the you know anyone who who will confess the name of Christ can enter in, mm-hmm. and then on the back side of it it says before the foundations of the world. And so, you know, you. are whosoever it's the 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 call the gospel call is to go to the entire world Mm -hmm. uh it's supposed to be taken to every person we come in contact with and then we trust god for the results that he will bring in those that he has chosen uh to shed mercy and grace on and redeem so so there's the doctrine of election um you want to add you got anything else to add did we cover it I think we covered it. I, feel I like we. we I think you covered it really well. Um, like, like I said, it's one of those things I haven't really thought of much. Um, still trying to process kind of where I land on it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't believe that it's. Not that I don't believe in the doctrine of election but you know, just kind of wrapping my head around some of the ideas and thoughts and Mm -hmm. um, some of the details about it. Um, It's, it's it's, hard. Yeah. And and it's really difficult to think about, like I said, some being elect and some not being elect Mm -hmm. and how it's, you know, it's not our job. It's not our responsibility. It's we're not expected to know who is and who isn't. Yeah, and we, but we have to treat like like we like we've talked about. You have to treat everyone you come in contact with like they are a part of the elect that doesn't know mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, and show them love and uh, share the gospel with them, and 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 be involved in their life so that when the opportunity comes to introduce them to Jesus they're ready and you're ready yeah so yeah you're not being a stumbling block to that person at that point no you know and because that's what that's what a lot of people can make out of the doctrine of election is they'll make it a stumbling block you Mm -hmm. know it's it becomes this immediate test of somebody when you get into a conversation well are you elect or not do you do you feel drawn to to accept christ and no not really i just had a burrito and i got a little heartburn that's you know yeah (laughs) And, I mean, you don't want to be that person who is so, you have to make a decision right in a second or you'll never get another opportunity. Like, we don't know if we've got another opportunity. But at the same time, you don't want to be the person that turns turns someone off to Jesus to where they never want to have anything to do with him. Yeah. And never want to have anything to do with his bride and never want to have anything to do with... um, living for him so Mm -hmm. you don't want to be that guy yeah let let people reject god in their own sin Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know don't don't give them excuses to to reject god yeah Yeah. i had a i had a football coach in high school that would always tell us don't be that guy (laughs) so true story don't be that guy yeah don't be that guy So now we're going to move up to some beer. Yeah, we're going to, uh, short break. We're going to go get our beer and our glasses and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back. We have talked about the doctrine of election and that has led us to drink beer because that's a tough doctrine. We also elected some beer. <laughs> we we elected this, you know, we elected this beer before uh, the foundations of tonight. We actually elected this beer a couple of weeks ago. It's been sitting in my fridge. <laughs> I've I've really had a hard time it. Um, So tonight we've got from our old buddies at Kona Brewing Company mm-hmm. the Longboard Island Lager. I'm pretty excited about this. So, uh, look at your bottle. Mm-hmm. The island, the islands of Hawaii are like etched in the bottle. Oh yeah, I didn't see that on the other one. Me neither. That's liquid pretty cool. aloha. That's kind of cool. I did see, I remember the liquid aloha, but I, I didn't catch the that. That's actually the Hawaiian islands. So, the bottle's pretty simple. It's got some people like surfing, some surfboards. Or longboards. What's the difference? I have no idea. Cool. Okay. All right. Um. Why don't you tell everyone what you think this ta- this is gonna taste like? I think this is gonna taste like red stripe. Because I've never had a stripe. So. It's an island lager, and I'm looking at the color of it, and it's the color. It looks like the color. Of course, it's in a brown bottle, so I can't really tell a whole lot, but. Uh it looks like the color of red stripe and I am a there's there are people who do and don't like red stripe. I'm a fan of red stripe. Mm-hmm. Um if if uh if I want just a, a light ish beer with really good flavor, a mm-hmm. uh, really rich flavor, I usually go for a red stripe. And so I is, actually, it one, is it one that you would suggest? Red stripe? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would. Where would it land on your Luther scale? Um, it would probably be. It would be a four. Okay, it would be a four. It's, it's to, not special. That. Like it's not special as far as like a crazy taste. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's one of those. It's one of those. that's a really good beer, mm-hmm. and and I guess where I got sold on it one time was was I went to Jamaica, uh, with my wife for a anniversary trip or something, and. And mission we, trip? Yeah, no no this wasn't a mission trip uh and we stayed at one of those resorts where you it's like the all-inclusive resorts mm-hmm. and they had red stripe on tap like that was the only like you couldn't get bud light you couldn't get anything if you wanted beer you drank red stripe and and so that's that was the beer i drank all week long and mm-hmm. uh i got to really like it and yeah so i bought it a few several times since then and well, now I'm hoping that this tastes like Red Stripe, and only you will be able to confirm that, so. <laughs> I will confirm or deny if it does or does not. All right. So, let's crack them open and, and see how these things go. Here we go. One, two, three. Aw, uh, I did a terrible crack. Mine didn't crack very well either, so. I think this might be, this might be a little different than Red Stripe based off the smell. Color is very similar though. It's just got that classic clear golden lager. Just based on smell and color. I think we're gonna be back in just really I hope we're back in really good beer tasting beer. Yeah, I think we we were gonna a couple weeks ago. This might this might get a this might get a red stripe look on it, so. But this is the Kona. It says the Longboard Island Lager. Got a 4.6 ABV. Um, there's no other information. No. no. This well, is... I say that. Kona was the one that's from Hawaii, but they brew it in Fort Collins, Colorado. Yes. <laughs> Which we thought that was weird last time, so... Yeah. Uh, this one's got 20 IBUs, so this is going to be right near... It's in the Yeah. Um, 134 calories if you're... If you're a calorie counter. Dude, so you know how I just was eating pizza? Yeah. This pairs well with pizza. Dude. According to the website. Then this, that's uh, Red Stripe pairs well with pizza. I'm t- I'm, something tells me you're going to be like, oh, that's just Red Stripe in a different bottle. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's turn this thing up because I'm ready to taste it.
2: All right. Here's Follows to up. the Longboard
0: Island Lager. It's very very similar to Rich Right, but it's not quite the same. I like it. This is really good beer. This is this is the kind of beer that I could I could accidentally go overboard on. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm, in, I'm not I'm not because we only have one. But this would be one of those ones like. If you have guests over, and you're just hanging out, and you get one, and and you're talking, and you're you're drinking it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's empty, I'm going to go get another one. And you just kind of drink, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I've had eight. (laughs) It's two in the morning, and you've got like a sock or something. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, I've never been drunk. I don't know if anyone's ever had that experience. Sock on their hand when they're drinking, but I have never, I have never had that experience. It's, um, this is really, really good. Uh, it's right where I expected it to be. It's in the good beer tasting beer Mm -hmm. category. It's yes, just a lager, dude. It's, it's an above average lager. Yes. There's no frills. There's no, um, nothing really exceedingly special about it except for that it tastes really good. Yeah. It's just a good good lager flavor. I mean it's like when you say just a lager, you're kind of expecting something along the Yingling, um a Bita makes a pretty good lager. I'm trying to think of of like this this is gonna get me in trouble, but I can actually stand like a Miller lager. Uh, I'm not a huge Budweiser fan, but but like so, Miller. So since we've started doing this, excuse me, Ugh. since we started our podcast, I've gone from drinking almost exclusively Budweiser to almost being repulsed by it. <laughs> I got it at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, what was wrong with me? So Budweiser. Budweiser's not great, and honestly, I've I'm trying to steer clear of the big box beer companies at all costs now. Anyway, <laughs> Me too. unless it's, unless it's literally the only thing in the restaurant or wherever I'm at. Yeah. But so I went and made it a restaurant the other night and, uh, they had several, uh, local beers on tap. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of, of craft things. And so I was like, Oh, I want to try this one. And he was like, Oh, I'm out of that one. And I was like, well, what about this one? And I was like, he's like, I'm out of that one too. And I'm like, what do you have that's not Bud Light? <sighs> He's like, I got Yingling, and I was like, fine, give me a Yingling. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm really liking the spirit It's not gonna be a five territory for me. No, you go, you go first. So, I'm gonna give uh, the Long Isle Longboard Island Logger. Not on islands. That's a different thing. Um, we give Longboard, uh, four and a half. Four and a half? Four and a half Luthers out of five. I'm really liking it. It's smooth. It's. If it had, like, that over the top thing, I don't know what that over the top thing would be, (laughs) but if it had it, it would be a five. But this is a really solid beer. I will. I'm not upset that I've got more in the fridge. No. Um, Something tells me you're going to come in a little lower than that, but that's okay. Um, but I, I'm going to give this, uh, Patrick is going to give Longboard four and a half out of five luthers. You are correct. I'm going to come in at four. Um, that's fair. Just because I, I'm just, I'm tough. I'm tough on beer. Well, and I mean, we have kind of established that I really like beer. <laughs> I do too. But, but, it's, it's so, so I said Red Stripe was a four, and this to me is like, this is almost in the exact same vein as Red Stripe. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, in fact, if both of them were there, I would probably have a hard time choosing which one to drink. Part of me wants to go get Red Stripe, but if I bring more beer home, my <laughs> wife might kill me. <laughs> I'll have to show you a picture of our fridge. Yes. So, it might have like an entire shelf. <laughs> Almost an entire shelf of nothing, but we don't beer need food. Cans. We have beer. I mean, turn on the food groups. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give this four four losers out of five. It is really good to me. Um, it's got the it's got the lager flavor. It goes down well. I really could like I could keep drinking this one, and not feel bad about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and and i mean if the the hotter it gets the more i'm going to be like man i want to go get another one of those because cold beer on a hot day is a wonderful thing it really is <laughs> i don't think there's a better thing well that that may it. there is in one of like the top 5 experiences someone could have yes i'm trying to see on a um, on a Chart chart here, which I have not actually looked at until literally just now. Yeah, so I've gotta update it. We both gave the big wave from Golden from Kona, mm-hmm. uh, three and a half. And I only gave it three Luthers. Really? I'm. I gave it the same that I gave Cotillion. For reference, wow. We'll have to go back and 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 look at that because. This is this to me is better than the big wave. Seems like mm-hmm. I remember the big wave, but it wasn't really like memorable. There was something about it that I did not like. Yes, but and, I couldn't tell you what that what that one thing was. And I apparently did because if it's rare that I rate something higher than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like beer. So what? So, but uh, but yeah, this is this is really good. This is, it's crisp, it's fresh, it's, it goes down really easy, Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's just good. It's a really good cereal. So, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's regular beer, Mm -hmm. but, but, uh, the the website said that it would pair well with, uh, pizza. I can't confirm, because I literally just had a slice (laughs) of pizza. (laughs) <laughs> that was left over from dinner tonight. Nice, and it's—I mean, it's good. It's not—it's it, a good beer. Pizza and beer is one of my favorite meals, for the record, too. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you go. There is uh, Kona. Good job. Good job, Kona. Yeah, You're doing good, kid. I really, uh, I really enjoy this, and uh, and we appreciate your beer company. Yeah, and you're from front, Hawaii. From yeah, bottles, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado and Hawaii. So let's go back and talk about some some more Packer here. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit longer about. We talked yeah. about election, mm-hmm. and and we're going to talk about an aspect of election, uh, mm-hmm. which is the effectual calling. Yeah, and this is the whole idea that God draws His people to Himself. Yes. Um, so. You know, if election is God choosing, then the effectual calling is God drawing, um, drawing those who he has elected to himself. Um, Packer uses Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14 here. Says, it says, from the beginning, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, and that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and I thought this was interesting, the, um, that effectual calling is a phrase from the 16th century that became the title of chapter 10, or chapter X, I'm not sure. That is chapter 10. Okay, okay. The Westminster I Westminster Of uh, the 1647 Westminster Confession, and then mm-hmm. Packer goes on to, to quote from the Westminster Confession there, so Yes. Um, which I think the sixteen eighty nine London Baptist Confession, which is probably a little bit closer to where I yeah, that one is also called on Effectual Calling. So, the sixteen eighty nine. And and um uh, effectual calling is, is where we talk about the means. That's that's the means through which God works to bring His elect to Himself, um, and 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 if you want to say, like, if election is the the act of before the foundations of the world, God choosing His people, effectual calling is the the means by which He brings those people to Himself. And so, if you're going to say, I believe that God will call people from the begin from the foundations mm-hmm. of the world, then you say he's going to do that through effectual calling and and effectual calling is is really just as simple as the proclamation of the word um mm-hmm. Romans 10:17 faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of god and yep. so you know this this again goes back to why i believe that that pastors should be teaching the word of god faithfully chapter by chapter verse by verse book by book um just teach it because the word of god is sufficient enough to speak for itself you don't Mm -hmm. have to be catchy you don't have to be cliche you don't have to um create some magical inspirational uh you know thing that you can draw from the text and and teach your people about to make their you know 17 different ways to make their lives better or whatever Mm -hmm. um just teach the text. Here's what's happening in the text. Talk about the history of the text. Talk about the context of the text. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of my, one of my professors in, in, uh, college and in seminary, um, I'm trying to remember exactly the way it works, but it said, if you take a text out of context, you're a pretext for misinterpreting the text. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and, uh, and I was, it's something to the effect of that, but it's basically, you know, don't just pick a verse and and make up something that you think that's what that verse means. Learn yep. it. Learn about the history of the text. Teach your people about the history of the text. Because here's the thing: if your people understand the Bible better, if they understand how you know Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians is really tied to uh, it's tied to Peter and it's tied to all these other uh, books of the Bible, because mm-hmm. it's, you know Paul's writing these these books. Um, and so there really is a link between them, and if they, if your people understand that, they're going to have a better grasp of the scripture as a whole. Yeah. And if people have a better grasp of the scripture as a whole, then they're less likely to misunderstand a part of scripture, because they're going to say, no, 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 that doesn't make sense with this other verse that I know, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. so just take that as a simple exhortation, Pastor, if you're listening to this, props to you, but... But take that as a simple exhortation to to just teach the word of God. Don't yeah. don't try to don't try to make it fancy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um. But yeah. So so you know, God will draw people to Himself. Um. Mm-hmm. That that is really evident in John chapter six, which I mentioned on on election. Mm-hmm. Um. He'll draw those people who who he has elected from from the three yeah. nations of the world. Mm-hmm. Um. And and really and truly, so this this almost ties back to the atonement, um, because when we talked about the atonement, we talked about there being, you know, God atoning for the sins of the world, but not in a unlimited sense, in a limited kind of, he's going to objectively complete everything that, that the atonement was meant to complete.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, again, here with effectual calling, if God is going to elect somebody, then he's going to complete that election with their calling, with their calling. And mm-hmm. so, so it is our duty as believers in Christ to, to be agents of that. Um, and that may mean sharing Christ with somebody. You know, you're never going to share Christ in vain. You know, you're, you're always, if, if somebody rejects it, then that is God not extending His effectual calling to them. If you're, if they, if they say, you know what, I I see that I need Christ in my life. I need to put Him as a Lord of my life. Praise God, glory to God. And another, you know, another has yeah. come into the fold. And so either way, it's it's all about the glory of God. No matter which way you slice it up. Yeah. Out of thought, but I don't remember what I was <laughs> saying. Sorry, I went on a little ramble no, there. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, I think you know, it's important to remember that when you're sharing the gospel or when you're teaching or talking to somebody about Jesus, nothing you say is going to convince them that they need Jesus. Yes, only the Holy Spirit working through you and in them to open their eyes that they need Jesus can can make that happen. Yeah. Um I was just gonna say when we were talking about kind of the flow from election to effectual calling, um and I don't know if this backtracks too far or not, but here we go. Yeah. Um so to me I think of it as like election is like the premeditation. Mm-hmm. Like God premeditates that so and so is gonna come to know him and then the effectual calling is God actively mm-hmm. revealing to that person that hey here I, to, here I am you need <laughs> here you. I am once <laughs> again falling into pieces Oh you didn't think you were gonna get all this goodness tonight, did you? Well, I kind of knew I read the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read, so... Um, yeah, so it, you know, effectual calling, Packer just says that it corresponds to what Paul, um, Paul how Paul used the verb to call, um, which when Paul says call, he means spring to, to faith, and then mm-hmm. um, called, which just means... Uh, those who've been converted or to be converted. So it seems a little, it seems simpler than election for some reason. I mean, it is to an extent. It's just the effectual calling is just the action of God to bring people into the family. Um, And, and, uh, I, when I read the Ephesians passage, I said we were going to come back to this, and this is where I'm going to come back to it right here. Um, effectual calling is, is in, the way I see it, effectual calling is the adoption of, of people into the family mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. And so Ephesians 1 talks about the adoption. Now, I don't know how much you know, and this is, again, this goes back to understanding the history of a text um, the contextual, the, the cultural context of a text, because here's a really crazy news flash for people. First century Bible readers understood the Bible differently than the way we understand it in 20th century mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. So to, to gather, to get the, the fullest understanding, I think, or, or to try to get the most wisdom from Scripture, we need to understand how the people it was written to. Would have understood it. Mm. Um, so it comes back to understanding the entire history of the context. History of the, yeah, history mm-hmm. of the context. So, in in ancient Rome, and, and specifically in first century Rome, um, adoption was was a lot different than it is today. Um, it really and truly, anybody could be adopted, and a lot of times, like slaves would be adopted into families. You know, mm-hmm. they would they would work for the family, and then the the father or whatever would would say, you know what. I want to adopt you as one of my sons. And uh, and so in in uh, first century adoption was really a stronger bond than a natural born son. Because mm-hmm. a natural born son would would go could could go away. I mean you have the story of the prodigal son, um, you know that. In in adoption, there's there's really more tie there because you know, your son, you're kind of just stuck with whatever you whatever's born to you. you. You don't really have a choice in the matter. Yeah. You know, you get whatever you get. Um, whereas adoption, you are actively pursuing that person and, and you are bringing that person into your family without any action on their part most of the time. You know, and, and there are some cases where you know kids live there, and the parents just love them, and they adopt them. But I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a spiritual correlation to, to something that happens culturally, and so, but in first century Rome, uh, when you were adopted, you actually received more rights in the family than the natural born children of the family mm. of first century Rome, mm-hmm. and so, so now do the comparison there of of the the nation of Israel and and those were those were God's chosen people from the very beginning and really mm-hmm. the the Gentiles are the ones who are adopted into the family of God mm-hmm. you know um the 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 Jews believe uh at this time they believe you know oh well, it's our ethnicity that's going to get us in it's it's our heritage that's going to get us in it's you know you kind of have this false pretense and and what paul is saying really in ephesians he's saying hey you have to be in christ you have to be adopted as a new son and a new daughter um in christ in order to to receive that inheritance that 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 was promised through christ jesus Mm -hmm. it's no longer your religious pedigree that's going to get you there it's no longer your ethnicity that's going to get you there it's no you know in the Old Testament, if you were a Jew, you worship God. Now, the Old Testament is completely rife with, with Israel botching this whole thing up over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, but, but in the New Testament, it's, it's the establishment of this new covenant where you're saying, you know, it's no longer just being a Jew. That that gets you into this family or whatever. Now mm-hmm. you have to be in Christ, and the only way that you're in Christ is if you're adopted. And when you're adopted, you have all of the rights, and that's why I've, later in in um, oh where is it? I can't remember. But we're talking about uh, Jesus is talking about, and he's talking about you're you're going to be co heirs with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we end up with that that higher status because we are in Christ. Those of us who are in Christ uh get a higher status um because we are considered co-heirs with Jesus uh there was a hymn about that for sure um but but that's where that 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 play on adoption and you know many times when we think about adoption today we think about oh it's a family that has to sign all these papers and they go to a foreign country and they get a kid and they bring it back and and you know realistically Adoption was a very, very local thing uh, mm-hmm. in first century. And, and, and a lot of times it was just, you know, you adopted an orphan or you adopted uh, a widow and, and her child, if, if that's what it was. You know, mm-hmm. and that's how you would, the church would take care of the widows and the orphans. That's why James says true mm-hmm. religion is caring for the widow and the orphan. Oh. Um, because that's what the family of God represents. We're all spiritual orphans. And if it was not for the adoption of God, we would have no hope. Which is where effectual calling ties back to election. I said I was going to make that connection, and I did. Well done. I have nothing to add. <laughs> I feel like I've talked a lot tonight. <laughs> it's okay. If you haven't figured out by episode 30, Rick is the talker. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Maybe I need to ask more questions. I've been on to ask questions too. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, I think that tied a nice bow on everything. We tried something a little bit different tonight. I think it actually made us go a little bit longer. <laughs> we'll see how yeah. long it plays out when I when yep. I edit it down. But, but uh, you know, we we tried to break it up because, and and honestly, it was good that we broke it up tonight because we were talking about two pretty heavy subjects, even though they were related. Mm-hmm. to yeah. pretty heavy subjects, and so. Give it a nice little break there in the middle, um, yeah. but Patrick, if people want to find us on social media, where would they go and do that? So we are on Instagram. We have um, we're there. We are at uh, beers and bible underscore, mm-hmm. and we are on the Twitter at beers and bible p one. We are on Facebook. At um, research beers and Bible podcast and look for uh, our logo at all those social media platforms there. And then you can also email us. We are there at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And feel free to reach out, message us on any social media, or um, shoot us an email, let us know. Uh, your thoughts about the podcast, uh, suggest beer suggestions. If you have any questions about theology or doctrine, we'd love to interact with with our listeners. And um, don't forget to share the podcast with your Calvinist friends or your family that hates Calvinist beer, that <laughs> drinks beer and likes Je- and loves Jesus. <laughs> um, we want to keep this thing going. We want to. We want to reach as many people as possible. We're going to keep doing it. I mean, regardless. So, but yeah, it's just an excuse for us to get together and hang out and drink beer. So, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the more the merrier, for sure. So, yes. Um, at some point we will finish Jerry Packer. We're going to finish Packer pretty soon. Not gonna lie, it'll be sooner yeah. than you think. Yeah, it will be, and then we'll be looking back. I'll be looking back on it and. In a couple of months going Can we go back to Packer? <laughs> It'll be but, good. But anyway, so you know, follow us on the socials, hit us up in the email. Until next time from
1: you, and until next time. Peace
0: out. See you later.
1: You enjoyed what you hear on Beers and Bible. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.